Hey, David. Hi, what's going on? How are you? Good. Good. It's Lauren, in case you were wondering. I figured. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh my God, of course. Yeah. So, did you have a chance to listen to my first podcast with Joe? I didn't. You didn't? No. Okay. So, I like to try and kind of tee it up and tell people, like, what's the point of this podcast? Why are you doing it? And it's to... Um, to talk to my teachers or the people who have had influence in my life that I, um, when I sit down and think about my interactions with them, they stick with me and that I've learned something from how I want to be or just knowledge that I, that I share in my classroom. And so you were on my list. You're kind of high on my list, actually. I love it. I could be on any part of any list. I, I'm, all, I'm all good with it. <laughs> So I wanted to talk to you today about, um, as I was sitting down and thinking about, like, what do I want to talk to David about? I wanted to talk to you about yoga first. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of found you, I think, a little bit after South Boston opened. But I don't know your journey into yoga, like how you found it, sure. how South Boston came to be, and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of a crazy story. But, you know, yoga wasn't, didn't seem to be the direction I was heading at all. I was, um, I went to school uh, at first for biology and English, and I was at the University of New Hampshire. And I didn't love it. You know, there was a lot of drinking on campus, and drinking wasn't my thing. And one of my best friends from high school said, listen, I'm at this school in New York. Why don't you come down here? And I was like, ah, I don't know. What would I study? And he's like, you should, you should study dance. You like dance class so much. And I'd only just started doing dance. So um, I went to New York and I auditioned and epically failed. Like I had a white mohawk and I remixed and cut my own music. And I think I dropped like a can of pencils on the ground for its effect and, you know, was unanimously denied. And then uh, decided to stay and uh, take all the basic level courses as well as some of the dance classes and try to audition again. And I ended up auditioning five times wow. for purchase until I got in. Um, and during that time, they told me one of the things I needed to work on was flexibility. And so I picked up this DVD, no, not DVD, VHS. <laughs> VHS tape. A VHS tape of Patricia Walden teaching yoga for flexibility. Oh, I love it. And, and, and I loved it. And I felt so cool when I, they were like 32, 30 minute segments. Mm-hmm. And when I came home, my parents were like, did you know that this woman, Patricia Walden, is in Boston? So I started studying with her. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. then how long did you study <clears throat> with her for? Well, I mean, on and off for a couple of years. And of course, at the time in Boston, you know, if you took yoga, you took Patricia Walden, Baron Baptiste, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I was doing what all people who go to school for dance um, did, which was I was waiting tables as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when school finished, I moved to Chicago with my current boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got into a big company there, and I taught Pilates, which was <laughs> awesome. Wow. And uh, I was taking class out there. I was taking some yoga classes and doing some – I was working at some small dance companies. And what happened was, you know, my body started getting injured Mm -hmm. because I'm a tall guy. I work with tall partners, and Mm -hmm. oftentimes the dance routine isn't balanced. And so the yoga was making me feel amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Pilates was great. And then upstairs from the Pilates place was a rolfer, and she would send me clients to do Pilates with, and in trade, I would go and I would get rolfed. So I became interested in that as well. Wow. Yeah, I actually, that was on my list too. I wanted to talk to you about your injuries because I had, I had a chance to take um, the ball rolling with you. And during that, I felt like I, every time we were moving on, you were like, I had this injury once. And right. you talked a lot about the injuries that you, you've had. Um, how do you, like, one of the things that I was amazed about is, you know, you continue to recover and you continue to kind of come back, right? Like, talk a little yeah. bit about your injuries. Uh, so, you know, I had a car accident in high school and uh, I ended up just breaking my collarbone and stuff. But um, I sustained an injury when I was in India uh, studying in Bangalore. My teacher harshly adjusted me and I actually hurt a rip on the outside of my knee. Um, and that took about a year and a half. Wow. to heal. And then I've always had spine problems. Um, they said when I was in high school that I had scoliosis, but I think now I basically have a very straight spine, mm -hmm. which causes pain and problems. And um, as, as you know, I had two hip surgeries. Mm -hmm. So that's something called femoral acetabular impingement, which is where the neck of the femur smashes against the rim of the, the hip socket and it starts to fracture and also tear the rubber there. Um, and so I, they went in, and I didn't have a full hip replacement. They just sewed it up, and they put some anchors in and carved some bone chips out. And, uh, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. to go through. Um, but I'm grateful because I just I started not being able to walk up and down stairs. And not in any, like, painful way. It just It just didn't work. It was like I was walking through quicksand or rubber cement. And then, uh, and then when I would sit for long periods of time, like watching television, I'd stand up and it would feel like somebody was stabbing me with a steak knife in and out of my, my hip joint. So that wasn't good. Yeah. How long ago was this, though? How uh, probably like three, three years ago, four years ago. So did you teach yoga through it, or how did, you, how did it work? Well, you, I mean, you have to take time off. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to stay in bed for about two weeks and then one week on crutches. And then uh, one week of recovery, and, and, and then I went back in, I think maybe five weeks in between uh, the second one. And then as soon as I could, I went back to teaching, and I would just sit at the front of class, mm. um, and, I, and I would teach that way, and then just slowly started moving back into it. That's got to be so hard, too. I mean, did you miss movement? Was it... Um, I'm kind of... I, I mean, you can tell by my file auditions to this place in New York... Uh, like I'm single-minded and nothing really derails me. I just see it as an interesting new adventure. <laughs> you know, like my mother was like, well, what if you could never use your legs again? And I was like, well, then I would be the best meditation teacher anyone ever found, <laughs> you know, and like what a relief to not have to use my legs anymore. Oh, they're just such a pain. <laughs> you know, like you can either look at it and you can use it to beat yourself up or mm -hmm. you can look at it and you can say, well, this is, this is what's true. Right. And now what will I do with what's true? Yeah. Yeah. You say that a lot, and I feel like it's a really good reminder. It's like, well, this is the reality. you got to look at it the way that it actually is for what it is. Right. right. And then well, you, you know, need to people, make a choice. People always say that thing. They say, um, everything happens for a reason, mm. and I hate that. Yeah. 
Like I, I literally want to pick people up and throw them out the window when they say that and say, well, you just got pushed out the window for saying that. <laughs> That's the reason. Because everything doesn't happen for a reason. Everything happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and depending on how you decide to react to what's happening, you can make your life full of suffering or you can make it free of suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I was going to die, if you were like tomorrow the world is ending, you know, I could run around with a chicken without its head <laughs> or I could help other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, prepare for it. And that's how I would want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when my time comes, mm-hmm. I just want to feel, you know, like people be like, oh, what would happen if you were dying? Like, cool. <laughs> you know, like dying is no, it's no problem for me. It's actually more of a problem for people who might feel sad or upset. Mm-hmm. So I would spend my time letting them know that it's, it's all fine. Well, what about, I, I agree with you. I think the, because yeah. I was just talking to another friend about this actually recently. I was like, well, she actually said to me, she's like, does death bother you? And I said, you know, it, mm. it's not, no. I mean, I get a little sad, like, oh, I'm going to miss that person. Right. But sometimes it doesn't hit me until months later that I'm like, oh, yeah, that person's yeah. gone. Like, yeah. I, I, I wish them well, and then I, I kind of move on. But, you know, a, as I was talking to her about this, I said, I think the only thing that if I found out the world was going to end tomorrow, I think the only yeah. thing that I would think to myself is, did I do everything I wanted to do? Like, mm-hmm. aren't there other things I wanted I wanted to accomplish? Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, what what if what if there was something else I wanted to be, you know, don't, do you ever think right. about that? Like, what about the other stuff? I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you just, can, I mean, you take it I think for like right now. Well, it's, you know, I don't want to accomplish anything. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be anything. I'm like so happy just here, mm. just in this. Yeah. Um, you know, like to want to be something or to want to do something else means that I'm not actually present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want this. And if this is struggle, I want it, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. if this is hardship, I want it. And if this is talking to someone who's crying or crying myself and being consoled, mm-hmm. then that's, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're good at that. <laughs> yeah. You're good. You're, you're a good ear. I definitely, as you know, have reached out to you. <laughs> um, so... The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, wait, wait, wait. so before we move on, yeah. South Boston Yoga, how yeah. did, something that you were like, how long has it been there, first of all? How long <laughs> have you had South Boston Yoga? Well, I mean, we really didn't even get to the point where I flipped into becoming a yoga teacher. Yeah, yet. <laughs> let's keep going. I want to hear about okay. this. <laughs> so where we last left off, we were in Chicago, <laughs> Yes. right? Yeah. And I was studying with this guy, his name was... Swami Suda Wexler, and he was at NU Yoga, and it was kind of, I think it was Ashtanga, but I didn't know what it was at the time, and I realized that if, if I taught people Pilates, that they were relying on me for the class, and I was like, how can I teach them to do things for themselves to help their body come into better alignment, and so I started leaning into the yoga at that point, mm-hmm. and I started studying hard and going back and forth between waiting tables and teaching Pilates and, uh, and then going someplace and learning more about yoga. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going to India for five months wow. um, to Bangalore and, uh, and studying this program that was, it was Mysore in the morning. And then after breakfast, you would come back and you'd do uh, chanting 
for, for an hour or two, and then you would come back in the afternoon, you'd do pranayama for an hour or two, mm-hmm. and then you'd come back right before dinner and you'd do sacred text studies. And I did that for five months. And it was awesome. That is incredible. Well, and then I came back to the United States and I applied for jobs at yoga studios and they said, we don't want your rinky-dink, you think you're special because you went to India certification. And I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm authentic. I'm like the real deal. And they were like, did they teach you anatomy? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to go through, I went through uh, on a forest. 200-hour uh-huh. teacher training program, and I went through O2 Yoga's 200-hour teacher training program, and I went through Glenn Black's uh, Month in the Rainforest with Costa Rica program, oh and uh, I got hired to work at Back Bay Yoga okay. near Fenway mm-hmm. with Lynn Beezer, yeah. who will forever be my, like, my first hero and savior and inspiration uh, because she hired me when I was just a newbie, and she was the first, I think, to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I taught yoga in so many different places that sometimes I would get in my car mm-hmm. and I would start driving in one direction <laughs> and then cuss and turn around and go in another direction because I was teaching, I think I was teaching 30 classes a week. Oh my goodness, David, that's a ton. seven different places. <laughs> it was insane. Wow. Um, and so that kind of brings us closer to South Boston Yoga, mm-hmm. which is a... Uh, you know, my, my ex-husband, mm-hmm. uh, who is currently my business partner, mm-hmm. um, and I moved to South, South Boston into a green building, and uh, there was a building next door that was even, even newer and greener, and they wanted a yoga studio that fell through. So um, it just so happens that the woman who was married to the man who was building it mm-hmm. uh, knew me and said, well, David and Todd live in the building next door. Why don't you ask them to open this yoga studio? Wow. And so we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, it lasted for about two years, tiny space, like maybe a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. And we just packed it right away and mm-hmm. we needed a bigger space. So we went from a thousand square feet to 10,000 square feet. Wow. And uh, almost lost our minds. Yeah. In two years. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was kind of the beginning of, of yeah. South Boston Yoga. Wow. That's, that's an incredible amount to go through in a really short period of time. Yes. Well, and the thing I should mention, too, is that we've never had any kind of help or support or mm-hmm. financial backing. And uh, the only reason we were able to even start the small studio was that we had, I had a teacher training at Back Bay Yoga, and I used all the money from that teacher training to open the little studio. And then in the second year of the little studio, we had this crazy teacher training where I think it was like 56 people huh. signed up. Like people who, who like you look at now in the scene of Boston, like yeah. Daniel Max, who owns uh, JP Yoga Center, mm-hmm. and um, Amy Wren, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, these are people who, you know, have gone on to do extraordinary things in their own right and start gigantic, vibr- vibrant communities. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so we had 56 people. We used all that money to open the 10,000-square-foot space. That is so incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So I always tell people in teacher training, I'm like, we don't usually get paid <laughs> for, yeah. for anything. You just put the money back into the space yeah. to help us it's so true. keep it running. That is so true. Yeah, I definitely, I, I know from, 
talking to many studio owners that that's absolutely the case, right? And yep. it's, I think you're fulfilled in a different way, right? You have people who continue to show up and, and are really yeah. part of the community and become part of your life and you see every day, right? That's, in my opinion, the real fulfilling mm-hmm. part that you get to see and witness. Yeah, and, and also, like, part of the reason I think we've succeeded is that we've absolutely never cared about money. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people come in, and they're like, oh, my God, my pass is expired. And I'm like, that's cool. Here's a cookie. Why don't you take a class? And they're like, <laughs> what? You know, like, I mean, I'm known for people being like, oh, I love that T-shirt. And I'm like, well, I've got another one in my bag, so why don't you take this one? Like, I don't care. I just want people to thrive yeah. and feel like they belong and feel community and feel loved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can get a couple people to feel like that, yeah, that's all, that's all I care about. Yeah. I think that shows. I do. I mean, at least for me, like I said, when I sat down to kind of create my list, you you mm. you were definitely high on that list as someone who ever, whenever I talk to or leave, I'm always kind of like, yep, that that's what I strive to be. Like, that's how I strive to leave people. That's what I want people to get mm-hmm. um, and how I want them to feel, right? Not yeah. just so that they can show their true selves, their authentic self. Um, yeah. So another thing you started recently in South Boston mm. is your massage therapy school. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yes. yes. Six years in the coming. Really cool. I mean, I know yeah. a couple of students that, uh, that went through. You just, your first one, yeah? We're in our, we're in our first year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have an incredibly talented group. I'm super proud of them. We're seven months in, and uh, people have been coming in for clinic, and they'll tell me at the end of clinic, they're like, listen, I've been to other places. Like, they're like, I've been to spots and this massage is better. I'm forever ruined now. <laughs> and I'm like, amazed. Like, they're amazing. That's um, and so of course, great. Thanks. Thanks. And of course, we didn't just want to teach them uh, massage. Like, we're giving them a really full spectrum. Like, they've got sports massage and they've got Thai massage and they've got structural integration pieces in it. Um, and we're super thorough with the anatomy so that they just feel like they're walking away with the best foundation they could ever have, mm-hmm. but also many sequences that they could teach on different clients depending on what they need. Oh, that's incredible. And are most of them yoga instructors as well? Um, quite a few of them have gone through the teacher training program, mm-hmm. and then a few of them are new to South Boston Yoga, which is also really mm-hmm. fun. How many students did you ha- had you have in your, your massage therapy school? There's just eight right now. Mm-hmm. And think- uh, I have to say it's, like, perfect. Yeah. Because we're getting our feet wet. We're, like, figuring out how to iron out curriculum. And we're really honest with them. We're like, okay, that exercise didn't work. <laughs> so let's try it again uh, like this because I clearly need more help with it. You know, there's something I'm not good at yet. Like, you know, I'm not as strong in pathology and biology and chemistry as I am in technique. Right. So, you and know, I've had to do some studying in order to teach some of these weekends. Yeah. And what do you, how, how did you get into massage? Um, I got into massage all the way back in Chicago when that rolfer was trading okay. with me. Right. Right. And she put me through the 12 series and I was so excited yeah. to see my body change into alignment. And I started studying something called orthobionomy then. Uh, which is based on putting people into a posture of comfort and then from that place of comfort, expanding them into new ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was nice, but it wasn't giving me like the rapid results that I was hoping for. 
And so I decided I would, I wanted to study rolfing. Um, and I asked a lot of people and they said, well, there's this guy. And they said, you have a couple choices, but there's this guy and he's like the cutting edge. He's like the next cresting wave in the massage world, in mm-hmm. the bodywork world. And it was Tom Myers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he wrote the book Anatomy Trains, which is about how the connective tissue through the body, how there's a fascial web and um, lines that you can follow when you're doing massage work or deep tissue work. And that if you follow these lines, people more easily fall into alignment and, uh, and shift for postural benefit. And I loved his work, and I went to study with him. Wow. You've done a ton of studying and education. It's a lifelong journey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I agree. It's always a work in progress. It never ends. I agree with that totally. <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was where you live now. You've recently, what is it, a year? It's over a year now. Uh, it's a little over a year. You've yeah. moved out of the city, right? I, I can't believe it. I was <laughs> in Boston proper for 20, 20 years. <laughs> and you're south of the city now, and you're kind of like in this beautiful <laughs> rural area. Yes. Uh, I live in Re- Rehoboth, mm-hmm. and it's about 20 minutes to the east of Providence. Mm-hmm. And when people look at me with quizzical <laughs> eyes, they're like, what, do you, what? I tell them it's where hobbits grow up <laughs> because it's like, it's like swamps and hills and rocks and hiking trails. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a little pond out front. And I mean, I'm just baffled that I've fallen into such magical, mm-hmm. natural beauty. Mm-hmm. How did you migrate out there? Like you, you knew mm. that you and Brendan knew you wanted to move. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, my husband, Brandon, Brandon, works as a makeup artist, mm-hmm. um, and he does a lot of his work in Newport for, like, weddings, and he does a lot of stuff also in Providence. He's from Providence. So it was really hard for him when we were in Dorchester mm-hmm. to get down to Newport. And also, he's, uh, he's much more social than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, a workaholic. And so when I pulled him to Boston, I was working all the time, and he would be stuck in the house mm-hmm. with none of his friends nearby. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. If I'm the workaholic, let's move to a place where your social structure is nearby right. and, uh, and where you can get to work too. And it turns out to be the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> I mean, I, we feel like we're in adult, like Disneyland here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's deer and turkeys and we have ducks and chickens and woodpeckers and great horned owls and it's just it's so pretty yeah I know I can tell that you really enjoy it but how do you navigate through owning a business in Boston and living Mm. where you live I think it actually is the best case scenario Mm -hmm. you know like it takes me probably five to ten minutes from when I park my car to absolutely forget everything that happens in the city Because I'm not in the city. Right. You know, I have to drive through these beautiful country roads in order to just get to my house. Mm -hmm. And then my one stipulation was, I don't care where we move, but if it's going to be this far from the studio, I have to have a hot tub. (laughs) So we actually built our own hot tub. They sent us the pieces, but then we put it together. Uh, We have a a six-person cedar hot tub in the backyard. 
And so I just drop everything. Sometimes I don't even take it out of the car. I just walk around the back of the house, yeah. take my clothes off, and just jump in. That is you know? so cool, and yeah. Brand, Brandon's like, I didn't even hear you come home. And I'm like, I'm good, you know? <laughs> I mean, so do that's you, how I navigate. It, yeah, I mean, how do you, because the traffic, it, it feels like the traffic in Boston is continuing to get worse. Yeah. So yeah. having a commute like that, I think for most people would be really difficult. Um, but you it's, seem uh, to be fine. I will, you know, I don't travel a lot during rush hour, mm-hmm. so at most it's like an hour and 15, an hour and a half unless I have to mm-hmm. travel during rush hour, which is very rare. That's good. And then I listen to books on tape. I take phone calls. Mm-hmm. I uh, do a lot of singing in the car. <laughs> but it, it actually did take, and I know this sounds weird, it took about a year to get used to it mm-hmm. in my body. Yeah. It was, like it really hurt sometimes, and like my right hip would really hurt from driving. Um, but... But now I seem to, I know how to mitigate everything, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really, really happy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, and, and I feel like, I've always felt like being out in nature is just so incredibly healing. You know, anytime you can just spend time outside and just observe how natural nature unfolds, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I spent the day yesterday just kind of walking around the backyard, and our chickens follow us everywhere, so it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there's purple flowers coming up through the lawn, and there's dandelions, and then there's white flowers, and the honeysuckle has already come out. And so I think I spent, like, a good 20 or 30 minutes just kind of wandering aimlessly. At one point, Brandon's like, what are you doing out there? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so pretty (laughs) enjoying nature being outside absolutely (laughs) and our place in boston i mean we had like we had a nice place in dorchester Mm -hmm. um but it was i mean to say half the size isn't even correct it was like a fourth of the size Mm. of what we had now and it, it cost us so much more yeah so when we sold our place there and we bought here we like saved money yeah yeah, that's pretty incredible how that happens, right? It's like you, you kind of move out of out of Boston proper, and it definitely, it's expensive to live in the city, for sure. <laughs> did it take you a long time to find the place that you wanted to live? Like, did it... Hold on, can you hear this? What is it? <laughs> They're singing for you. <laughs> She's trying to find her two sisters. She was laying an egg in the house, uh-huh. and they went around the front. Now she's like, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's my everyday. I was just going to say that. You probably hear that on a regular basis. She's going to find them. I see them. That's Tammy Wyandotte. <laughs> Did you name Ooh. all of your chickens? Yeah, that's, she's a Wyandotte chicken, a silver lace. Uh-huh. And then the other two chickens just ran out of the woods to say hi to her. Are they named too? Oh, yeah. There's Hurricane Bianca Del Rio and Henny Penny, <laughs> named after the chicken who saw the sky falling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Of course>. yes. <laughs> okay, they're 
back together. Everybody's happy. I love it. I love it. Um, so when you found your home, did you know, like, right away? Uh, I think we, like, we looked at it, and we were like, I don't know. It has a pond out front, and uh, it had been on the market for a long time, mm-hmm. like over a year. And I think it's because it was dry, and the pond had kind of gone down mm-hmm. and just looked like a big mud puddle. And we were like, oh, God, it's, there's just going to be mosquitoes, and ooh, it's going to smell swampy or whatever. And then the house itself, when we came inside, was decorated like the 80s. Yeah. So it's all bright yellow walls, like not even like pale yellow, but like McDonald's yellow. <laughs> there was even a red couch. There was a purple room, a lime green room, like a bright blue room. We were like, oh, God. Um, the floors were this kind of awful, torn up bamboo. And we were just like, I don't know. But the basement was fully finished. Mm-hmm. And had like a giant screen TV, and the backyard was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, let's just let's just do it. And the more we thought about, it, the more excited we got. Mm-hmm. You can't really see the neighbors. Yeah. And uh, and so what we did was we repainted the inside of the house mm-hmm. uh, shades of gray. We repainted the inside <laughs> of the house <laughs> shades of gray <laughs> and like steel blue. And, like, that made a huge difference. And then we, uh, we pulled up the floors. There was carpeting upstairs, mm-hmm. like, a, off, like a whitish carpet. Um, and we just pulled all of that up, and we laid down some beautiful uh, wood floors. And it all came together, and it's yeah. like a dream. I always tell my friends, I'm like, we're on some kind of crazy, magical vortex <laughs> in our house. You're not going to understand, but when you come here, you'll be like, what yeah. is happening? <laughs> <laughs> that must feel so good. It, it yeah. just must be really awesome to wake up to that every single day and be able to be surrounded by it, right? And, it, you know, when I was thinking about this phone call, I was thinking, you know, it must be really cool to be able to, you know, every day wake up and kind of do what you're passionate about, which clearly, you know, Mm -hmm. when you teach yoga and even massage and talk about any kind of body work, which I've been present for, you know, the passion just kind of oozes out of you. And then to see you, um, you know, I haven't actually physically seen you, but I, I know just by what you share, um, that you're really happy where you, Mm -hmm. where you live. Right. So to have that balance and really have that balance, I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And yeah. I feel very, very lucky. Yeah. Good. Good. What would you say to people who are kind of like going through it and they're like, well, my work's great, but my personal life's a mess, or my personal life's great, but my work is just not fulfilling? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the challenging thing. Okay. So, I mean, I've been in some really shitty situations. <laughs> Uh, you know, like I was working at Redbone Barbecue Grill mm-hmm. for a while and I would do double shifts and I'd come home and I'd just lay down the bottom of my shower and cry <laughs> in a ball and let everything wash off. I, uh, you know, I worked as like a, I can't say I was actually a stripper because I was too skinny. <laughs> I was like a party pumper for a little while and I would work nights and dance on a box and you got to keep the crowd hopping. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on an assembly line for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've done it all. I cleaned dog shit for a kennel for like a year or two. Wow. And uh, it really doesn't matter where I am. It's really about 
how I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about what your job is. It's not about what your relationship is. You know, I always tell people, if you have a problem with your relationship, you have a problem. Yeah. Right? If I think that there's something wrong with Brandon, if yeah. I have a problem with Brandon, guess who has the problem? Yeah, you. I have it. Yes. And so, you know, the best thing you can do in any circumstance of life is, like, look at yourself. Yeah. Dig deep. Start to build everything that you want mm-hmm. from the inside. Because the more you surround yourself, the more you fill yourself with what you want, the more of that, you know, it's that kind of weird law of attraction thing. Mm-hmm. But it's true. Yeah. I tell yoga teachers, like, don't teach what you don't want mm-hmm. because you're going to get students that will then like what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Teach what you want. Teach what you love because then you'll get students that are there because they love what you love and they love what you're teaching. So you want to teach what's close to your heart. Yeah, you find your people. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to find your people, you're going to find your truth absolutely anywhere just by being 100% true to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're going through it, you know, amen, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't try to run from it. Don't try to hide from it. Don't be upset that it's not different. You know, if you're depressed, be depressed. <laughs> it's your time. Like, God, just dig deep into it and say, you know what, I am depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, I shouldn't be depressed, I can't be depressed, I don't know what to do because I'm depressed, yeah. you're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I am depressed, let me feel this fully, ask what it's all about, research depression, become a depression therapist, <laughs> you know, and start to do the things that will support me in what's happening right now, I'm going to change my life. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, and I think everyone has those moments where you get to make the choice, right? And you can kind of sink deeper in and kind of the depression gets worse and worse. So that's a, right. an example. Or you can say, all right, I, I'm accepting exactly where I am and I'm going to allow myself to be here and then, right. you know, kind of marinate in it for a little while, accept it for what it is. And then all of a sudden, it's almost kind of like as soon as you accept it for what it is, you find right. this crazy path out, right? It's something you didn't expect or something happens and you're like, I would have never expected this. Right. But it's almost Mm -hmm. as soon as you let go of holding on to that, I'm depressed and I don't know what to do about it. I have to do something about it in order to get out. It changes. It changes right away. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that's been a big kind of revelation for us in our personal relationship with my husband, because I said, listen, we're both 40 something, Mm -hmm. you know, we're both, you know, mid forties heading towards 50. I want him to be exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to change for me. I don't want him to compromise for me. I don't want him to hide from or feel like he needs to have secrets from me. Yeah. You want to bring home a box of Oreos and eat the whole thing? (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. Eat it. You want to flirt with somebody in public in front of me? Do it. Yeah. Right. I am not your keeper. I'm not your boss. I don't want any of that. I don't, I don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to be 100% who you are today in this moment now mm-hmm. and then talk to me about it mm-hmm. and figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be perfect. Yeah. Right? I don't want you to follow any rules that anyone else has ever given you or that you think you need to follow because society or religion or belief or your parents told you to. Right. Right. And so that's a, an incredible place where we are right now where we're like, you know what, you know, do we like drinking 
where like one of us is like, I don't like, like, I don't like drinking at all. It mm-hmm. hurts me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my partner kind of socially drinks, but a lot of our friends are kind of questioning. And it's like, it's not, there's not a right or wrong. Right. It's a do it until you decide whether or not it's appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. feel like you have an easier time being that way? And I agree. I'm actually, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm very, very cautious when I find myself in a relationship, even with, if it's a, a friend, right? And I'm like, oh, I wish that person, it's like, no, I, I, want, I want that person to be exactly who they are. Right. And all I'm going to do is hold space and love that person for exactly who they are. Um, but do you find that you have an easier time doing that, knowing that you are confident in exactly who you are? I mean, yes and no. Like, I'm not 100% confident in who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm messing up every day. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that puts us on level playing fields. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I am good is, is at is I'm good at admitting where I'm at or if I'm not doing something right. Mm-hmm. I'm good at self-reflecting. and I'm good at examining a situation. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, you know, something will come up emotionally for my partner and I, and uh, I'll I'll notice right away, but he'll notice in a day or two. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of hard because I'm like I'm noticing something is off. Yeah. And he's like, nothing's off. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Okay." laughs> but what you just did makes me know that something is off. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You think you're so special? You have special powers. <laughs> like, okay. <sighs> Rain it in. Let's go back. You know, but but sometimes I am. You know, like I'm I'm like a little bit aloof or yeah. I want to, I want to go in too much. And, you know, I think I have all the answers because I've been through a lot of stuff and I don't have the answers. Right. You know, you are intuitive though. I, I will say that there was one time right. I had an interaction with you. It was actually during the ball therapy <laughs> workshop mm-hmm. and we were doing a psoas release. And at the time I, I was having a really, really hard time specifically with just sensitivity around like my, my mm-hmm. belly area and any time, you know, I, I just come off running a marathon and a little dealing with a little bit of an injury in that area, but I, I could not even my back bends in my practice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't, I could not expose my belly to like anything. And we were taking one of those like soft, soft balls and kind of putting it on our belly to do the psoas yeah. release. And without me even saying anything, you were at the front of the room you looked up, you made eye contact with me, and you said, what's wrong? And it was like somebody came down and told you <laughs> that I was having a hard time. And I, I could not, I ended up getting like a softer, you were like, grab this, this different one and use that. And I was actually able mm-hmm. to, get, to get in and kind of do that psoas release, which was great. And now I do it on a regular basis. But I'll never forget that interaction with you because I didn't even have to say anything. You, you just like mm-hmm. looked at me. You could tell just by the look on my face. You were like, is it, is it, you know, you knew right away. You were like, it's too mm-hmm. intense. Just grab some, just do something different. You know, and yeah. I, I'll never forget that interaction with you because I was like, gosh, he really like can read a room. He can totally feel it. I've been reading people for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like a psychic skill or anything. It's just, you know, as a dancer, you have to have your eyes on people when they're moving. You have to be ready to catch them mm-hmm. or to shift or to, you know, whatever's going on in, in dancing. And then to go from dance to body work and to yoga, you know, like my eyes are just constantly on what's going on for people. Mm-hmm. And then we've led probably, 
you know, over 50 teacher trainings in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so when people are going through teacher training, same thing, you want to be emotionally present with people, um, people who are maybe dissociating, people who are in pain, people who need something modified a little bit. And so I think over time, you just, it just comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, so just to wrap up, what do you have coming up that you're working on, that you're doing, whether it's South Boston or, or outside that you want to talk about? Mm, I mean, well, there's so many good things happening. Uh, just this summer, uh, I'm doing three of the Wanderlust festivals, mm. which are some of my absolute favorite times of the year. Um, I'm going to Nantucket. I do the Nantucket Yoga Festival, and they're like family mm-hmm. in Nantucket for me. It's, I mean, I love the summer. Yeah. Um, the fall, we're doing a weekend teacher training program at South Boston Yoga. And, you know, between you and me, I'm not sure how many more teacher trainings are going to happen at South yeah. Boston Yoga. I may start to travel more. Um, I might start to do more stuff down here in Rhode Island. So I'm kind of looking at this one as potentially one of the last ones that I'm going to do at South Boston Yoga. Mm-hmm. And then we're probably going to run the second year of massage school, um, you know, hopefully starting in October. Uh, those dates are, are yet to come. Mm-hmm. So and what about your Thailand retreat? When's that? I was. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one on my. I got my eye on that so one. <laughs> we went to Thailand last year and uh, took the island of Koh Samui. It's this place called Fakasa Retreat Center, and it was so epically amazing. It was like bucket list um, happiness. I just. I fell in love with it. I almost cried when we had to get in the cab and leave, mm. and we book we rebooked it before we left. So that's happening, um, I think, in March mm-hmm. of next year. Okay. And for everybody that's hearing me say it, <laughs> book it immediately. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's sold out this year. It will sell out again. Um, there's like an elephant sanctuary. There's snorkeling. There's massages every day. The food is made by the best chefs you could possibly imagine. There's like a drag show just a couple minutes away <laughs> down the street. It was like heaven on earth. Yeah, I know. I saw you right when you got back, and it, it seemed like you just you loved it. Yeah. Good. Well, listen, thank you. I appreciate your time. I love oh talking God. to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I love you so much. <laughs> and I just want to I want to say that, like, you know, when you said that I have this effect on people, and, you know, you do too. You were like, I hope to have it, but that's exactly why I love you. You know, your enthusiasm and your passion and your love for other people and your caretaking and making sure you do it right <laughs> is the hallmark of everything that we ever hope to be as yoga teachers. So, Thank so you. happy to talk to you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, David. I will talk to you soon, I'm sure. And I am definitely got my eye on that Thailand retreat. So <laughs> hopefully we can make <laughs> I hope that happen. So. I hope so. I hope to see you there. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. You. Love you. Bye. Happy Memorial Day. Bye. Bye.